0: Hello, Cleaning Buddies. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jen Lin, and this is another episode of our book club. This is chapter four from the Smartphone Dumb Phone book by Alan Carr and John Dicey. And as I always say before we get started, or sometimes I might forget to, if you are trying to follow this, you've got to read the book. If you don't read the book, this is not going to work. I am not giving you all the information. I'm leaving out probably things, you know, when people read stuff, like if you and I read the same exact chapter of something, you're gonna pull certain things out that are meaningful to you, while some other things may just seem like givens to you. And I'm gonna pull things out that are important to me, and I might leave out some of your important things, and vice versa. And the only thing that I'm really that I really feel is helping here um, is the fact that I am adding in um, stuff that I did last time that messed where I messed up, like what I messed up on. So um, chapter four is pretty large um, as far as notes go for me. I'm actually, I kind of started chapter five in the middle of a chapter four. So um, I'm kind of like marking that so I know. Um, But chapter four is titled Rats in a Cage. And um, remember we're starting to break down the brainwashing here. Um, Also remember from the very first chapter let me actually go back and read what that said. Because um, to me, it's important. Oh, you are not judged and certainly not alone. Digital addiction is becoming a global problem. Okay, so like lab rats, an experiment trained to react to every ding and whistle. That is what we have become with our phones. Um, the thing whistles at us, it dings, it buzzes, it vibrates, it is always, it's like a baby, it's always asking for your attention, Um, and believe it or not, just like you may have heard the experiments where, um, like, um, oh, who is the guy, he rang the bell, and the dog would, then he'd feed the dog, and every time he would feed the dog, he would ring the bell, until just the act of him ringing the bell would make the dog start to salivate, and that was an experiment. So he could actually get the dog to his mouth, start watering just by ringing a bell because he was conditioned to do that with the food. The human brain is a little bit more complex than that, but I mean, basically, um, same thing. Like they've actually, I know there was like some experiment where they were comparing rats, um, to gambling. Cause they had these rats, like they found out that there was like a, a little bar on a wall, like a little, not, not something big, but small for a rat. And when the rat would hit it, sometimes he would get a treat. Sometimes he wouldn't. Sometimes he would get two treats. Sometimes you get nothing. Um, and they would kind of change it to where the rat got like almost nothing, but it got to where the rat like would just hit it constantly, 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 because he never knew if he was getting something or not. Now, The control or another part of the experiment was the rat that got something every single time he hit it. Those rats didn't do it as much as the rat who didn't know if he was going to get something or not. He would just stand there and hit it over and over and over and over and over. The other rat would get a treat, hit it, get a treat, and then go on with his little rat business and then come back and do it again when he felt like having another treat. But the one who never knew, and that's so key here, that is what our phones do to us. Um, So you're controlled to make money for big corporations. That's what the whole deal is with this. Um, The more data that they mine from the junk apps you're using or using good apps in a bad way, um, the more they can push products on you that you will feel a strong urge to buy. They're learning things about you. Every search you do, everything you post, everything you comment on, everything you like, they're learning things about you and they're using that to make money from you either by selling your data or using the data to push products on you. So um, it's a real thing. Um, They spend money to learn more about your mind than you do. Um, So they know more about your mind than you do. If you aren't addicted, they can't make money. That's the bottom line. So same thing, just like you have um, companies, and this may be in the book, but I don't think it was in this chapter, but you have like cigarette companies that actually put money into getting people to stop smoking. All casinos have to put money into helping people stop gambling. But they have absolutely no interest in doing that. So they're putting money towards it. It's like these little, like, okay, here's, it's, what is the, what's the word for that? Like, it's like a token thing they do, but it's not, they, they know you're not going to stop. Without help or without knowing these facts that you're about to learn, you're not going to stop. So they don't, they're not really concerned about it. They know that all those other ways are not going to work. That's why they have commercials that say quitting is bleep hard because they know it's, it's perpetuating the cycle. It's when they say it's hard, they are perpetuating that in your head. That is a lie. It is not hard to quit. It's not hard to quit anything. It's not hard to quit any drugs. It's not. I promise you, once you learn this, all this stuff, you could quit anything that you want to quit. Um, okay. Seriously. I'm on a soapbox again. Okay. Um, so the book gives good examples of this, like really good examples of this. You need to read it. I'm not going to put all their examples in this, um, episode. Go read the book. If you haven't read this chapter, go read it. Um, so anyway, you begin to realize that something's off. You might even try to force yourself to stop, but the willpower doesn't last. You feel controlled and then you feel depressed because you can't stop. What's wrong with me? Why can't I stop? I've tried so hard to stop and I can't. You know, and then you start trying to convince yourself that you really don't want to. Um, this feeling is very similar to what a drug addict goes through. You get um, short tempered, depressed, deceitful, hiding your use. If somebody asks or wants you to stop, you get angry and aggressive. I know I do. Like one of my things used to be what is the difference between me looking at my phone and you watching that TV? But I promise you, there is a difference. My mom even tried to use that argument on me. Um, but I promise, promise, promise that there's a difference. Don't try it yet. Don't try it now. Cause you're going to be thinking about your phone. Just keep using everything the way you've been using it. But I promise you there is a difference. Um, you don't like this feeling and the normal response to that is denial. When we don't like something, we don't want to feel a certain way. We try to push it away. Like so much of meditation and mindfulness is all about like getting comfortable feeling any kind of way, because if there weren't bad feelings, you couldn't really appreciate good feelings. But When, if you haven't, aren't trained in that way, you haven't ever considered that or whatever. Um, when you don't like the feeling you're going to have denial. So this was just my own like little quote thing I put here. Like what I would think in my head. I'm fine. I could stop if I want to. I don't do it at work. I don't stay up all night. I don't have a problem when I'm, and that's true. When I'm at work, I'm not on my phone. I'm not on Facebook. I don't go on anything. When I'm at work, I work. I wish I could figure out exactly what it is. I mean, part of it is because I have a job and like, I'm really doing my job. Like I can't just be on my phone all the time. Um, But like, if I can not, that's what, that's what I used to always tell myself. If I can go eight hours of work without even looking at my phone, when people message me, I don't stop and respond. I always, almost always have my phone on silent. So I really don't have a lot of the dings and stuff happening. If I can do that, then why can't I do it when I get home? Anyway, if that's true and you feel so bad about the whole thing, why haven't you stopped? So if it's true that you can stop whenever you feel like it, you just don't want to. Why? Because you don't really want to stop. That's a truth. You really don't want to stop. We're going to get into why. Remember, keep an open mind. Remember that stuff we talked about. Why don't you really want to stop? It's because you believe that using this device or whatever it is, is giving you some pleasure or comfort. And if you stop, your life won't be the same. And that's so very true. I remember the first time going through this book, and this is one thing that I told you guys has gone away from me this time. I don't feel the same way because I understand at the end of this, I understand what it feels like to stop and to be done with it. And you don't, you really do not have the craving. You don't have the temptation. It's just gone. It's like magic, I swear. Um, so that's not bothering me. As much, it may be bothering you a lot right now. And if it is, it was bothering me a lot at this point in the book um, to give that up. But you're right now, you're believing that it's giving you some pleasure or comfort. And if you stop, your life won't be the same. Well, guess what? You are 100% correct. Um, Because if you stop, it will not be the same. Your life will be freaking awesome if you stop. So all the things that you're so worried about, your life is going to improve so much if you guys remember, I was going to the gym. I was having really nice family time with my family at night. And um like all of that, you know? And uh like I said, your life will be won't be the same, but it will be a million times better if you can get through this and stop. All right, so let's talk about brainwashing. Um So these are, um, these are things, this is kind of a mishmash of stuff, but basically like these points I'm going to be going over are some of the actual brainwashing that you've been led to believe. So in some parts there may be some truth in some parts of them or whatever, but, um, it's just, it's brainwashed you to think that this is the only way, like what you're doing right now is the only way. Okay. So the first part is, um, Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the first part of the brainwashing is a research ploy. Um, so basically if you want to keep up with modern life, you got to do it. You got to keep, you know, you can't get behind. If you get behind on the technology, you're going to be like your grandma trying to use an iPhone. And oh my gosh, I mean, have you ever seen a grandma try to use an iPhone? Um, actually my mom is like almost 70 and she can use an iPhone like anybody else. But, um, It is a research ploy. You, I mean, the stuff they're making nowadays is so intuitive that there's so many things that I've just picked up and been able to use, never seeing it before. Um, you know, like the gear symbol, they're starting to do things like that, that make it kind of like universal. So it's really easy. Um, so that's bull. Um, the next one, it has become how you connect to friends and family, um, which For some people, that is true. For some people, that is the main and possibly only way. Um, But I'm sorry, I got to check my cameras again really quick, guys. Sorry. I think it's my neighbors, but I just want to make sure. Okay. Um, Right. so, So the way I phrase this, makes it sound like I'm talking about your friends, but I'm not. So just listen to the statement and hopefully I can explain it. So it's, it has become how you connect to family and friends. However, they should not be a constant intrusion, demanding attention. That is a sign of a problem. So like, think about what we did before cell phones and social media and all that. If your friend wanted to talk to you, they called you on the phone. Sometimes you might get a busy signal. You're not, home, you know, you're on the phone with somebody else or whatever. Um, if you weren't home, they couldn't get in contact with you. They had to wait. Maybe you had an answer machine. They left you a message. You got back to them. But now it's like you're sitting there having a conversation with your spouse, and your phone is buzzing and dinging and all this kind of stuff. And people are like, "Hello, hey, are you know where would you go? What's why aren't you answering me? You left me on red." So like, if people and or if it's the apps or whatever is constantly demanding your attention. That's a problem. Um that's not how any of this is supposed to go. <laughs> um brainwashing to believe you cannot live a meaningful connected life without your phone every moment sun up to sundown. Um that's probably one of the things that was getting me. Um especially because like I'm not a good social person. Like my husband is so like he can talk to anybody, you know. Um I'm not like that. I have my friends, and I like I've told you guys a million times, I love watching their kids grow up on social media. Like I, That's one of my favorite things, to see pictures of people. Connect with my family that's all over the country. Um, I actually reconnected with my family through Facebook, um, which is an awesome story. I'll have to say that for another time. But um, one, of, one of the people like right before they died, which was amazing, um, to get that little bit of time that I had with them. I never saw them in person again. Um, but connect, reconnected with them through Facebook, and and like really did have a meaningful connection that way. But it's not supposed to be sun up to sun down with everything always connected, always plugged in. Imagine like if you were always on the phone, like when we used to have landline telephones connected to the wall. Because for a lot of us, that's what we are doing because we're connected to our charger to the wall. You know, so it's not that far fetched. Um, okay, I don't know what this thing. I'm trying to get... Speaking of chargers, I'm trying to put charger on my phone because I know it's getting low. Um, and I'm recording on my phone, not that I'm just on it. And I just lost my place. Okay. Um, so, anyway, we've got to reverse the brainwashing. And it really is easy once you distinguish the good use from the junk use, which we will be doing in the next chapter. Starting to do. Not doing it completely. Um, then it goes on to talk about how easy it is and... Um, using this method, using this book. And I can attest to that. Um, But I did not do the distinguishing exercise completely. Um, That was one of my downfalls. There was a couple other things. I pointed some other things out along the way. I'm sure I'll find more as I go through. I did not follow all the instructions. Um, So the steps, two steps, very simple. Number one, recognize that you are brainwashed. Here's where we go to keep an open mind. And if any of those statements I said were like rang true to you Um, like if you feel like not using it will um, you're not going to keep up with modern life if you feel like you can never have any peace because you're constantly interrupted or people are demanding your attention whether through text or apps or whatever um, if you believe you can't have a meaningful connected life without it um, with you constantly 24-7 that's all brainwashing so we've got to recognize that we are, recognize that we're addicted, recognize the addiction comes from being brainwashed, and we're about to get into some really good stuff about that. Um, And then the second step is to use easy way, which is what's in this book, to reverse and unravel it. Um, After this part, after they talked about the steps, um, they discussed how addiction works. You should read that part in full. I'm not going to go over that, but it's very good information. Um, And then they get to the shoe metaphor, which you probably heard me repeat before, um, which they say it's like wearing tight shoes just for the relief of taking them off. So imagine if you're wearing uncomfortable shoes all day, you get home, you take them off and you're like, Oh my gosh, that feels awesome. Do you then go put the tight shoes back on so you can take them off again and feel better? That would be completely stupid. Um, so I tried to kind of put this in terms of the phone, um, I think I did in the next paragraph maybe. Um, But you think the phone gives you pleasure. It is actually just ending the withdrawal pang temporarily. That pang um, was actually caused by the last time you used the phone. So, I shared in the last um, episode that I had in my time hop, it came up that um, I got a phone my first iphone 10 years ago and that's when i got facebook and that's when all this started for me so the first time i picked up that phone um i was like oh here's this person this person and people were sending me friend requests and they were like people were connecting with me and like i was one of those people like i'm not ever going to send anybody else a friend request i'm just going to let people that want to be my friend send me a request and then i'll accept them you know i'll accept friend requests from anybody that i know but I'm not going to request people because I only want to be friends with people who will request me, which is so stupid. But anyway, so every time I got on there and got more friend requests, I was like, yay, yay, yay. I was getting all this dopamine, like, really early on. So, like, you go from no social media to having social media all of a sudden. And it was just like, bing, 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 bing. Like, all those dopamine hits. Like, I sounded like a slot machine right there. Um, So then I would get off the phone and... I was having withdrawal from the last time I was on the phone. There wasn't anything wrong with what was going on with me, my life, anything else. I just had withdrawal. I went lower. And there's, I don't know where that is in the book because it's not in four or five, but they actually have like a graph where it shows your normal, like your level of normal. Then you have happy, you have sad. And after that, you have the dopamine hit that raises you up, but after the very first one, When you go back to where you should go back to normal, it actually is below par. And the next time, your next hit actually doesn't even bring you above par anymore. So it brings you a little bit closer to normal, but then it sinks you down lower. And you never actually get back up to just normal level. Um, Anyway, so in shoe metaphor format, you are binging on your phone to relieve the discomfort caused by the last time you binged and had to stop, basically. It's not genuine pleasure and is not essential to your survival. Think about drinking water to relieve your thirst. Um, Since things like feeling hungry and thirsty are essential to survival, your body has a mechanism to tell you when you've had enough. It doesn't do that for phone binging. It doesn't do that for drugs because your body does not have an essential need for those things. So you'll never be alerted because it's not truly beneficial. There's no need just like, Bodies don't need cigarettes and cocaine. Um, Water fills you up. Then you're done. Um, I feel full. That's a pleasurable sensation. Thirst is a signal to drink. So I feel full. That is an actual genuine pleasure when you are thirsty and then you drink something. Drinking something gives you a pleasurable sensation. But then there's a limit where you stop because you're no longer thirsty. You're not going to keep drinking water for no reason. Um, Phones have no limit. No full. There's no full. How much phone is enough phone? How much binging on social media is enough? There's not a limit. So there's no signal to stop. There's no end. That's why, especially with TikTok, I mean, at least Netflix asks, are you still watching? Try to get to the end of your TikTok feed. It will never happen. They're adding stuff as people are posting it. Sometimes it's even stuff you've already seen before. Um, I don't know if that tells you how much I was using it when I decided to completely delete it from my phone. Um addiction is the signal to binge or a mental feeling of empty. Um so yeah, the addiction is actually what's signaling you to binge. Um where that comes from is and they get into this in some chapter, but it's not one of these that I've that I'm gonna go over today. Um We all kind of have this empty feeling sometimes. Um, It's like a, it comes from like birth. They explain it really well in the book. I don't think it's in this chapter. Um, So that feeling of emptiness is actually totally normal, regular thing. A lot of people fight it really hard. My husband cannot stand, come home and have no TV on or no sound in the house. He hates it. I live for it. My kids live for quiet time. Um, He can't stand it, and it has to do with those feelings of emptiness um, because your body is like, oh no, I don't know what to do. I'm bored. I'm uncomfortable. This is making me uncomfortable. Let me grab my phone. Um, He doesn't have that problem, though, but I do. Um, Here's some good news for you, though. Lack of willpower does not cause binges. The addiction does. So it's not your willpower being weak that's making you binge on your phone. It's the addiction itself. That's what causes it. Unbeknownst to you, all digital consumers are test subjects, um, as the designers figure out the best way to keep us hooked. Some of these things make me sick and disgusted. And that's great. The more sick and disgusted it makes you, it's just adding fuel to the fire. Um, it's really just opening up your mind to, to more truth about what's really going on. Um, So I'll read that one one more time. Unbeknownst to you, all digital consumers are test subjects. We are rats in a cage as the designers continue to figure out the best way to keep us hooked. Um, Here's some of their tricks. Okay. These are things they, um, I guess you could say prey on or that they're, it's based on like what they do is based on these things that are just kind of like human nature. We hate being alone with our thoughts. That's what I was just talking about with my husband. Um, But where we used to read books to pass the time, we now use our phones. And even if this next one kind of goes into that, they design them to constantly interrupt whatever else you might be doing and pay attention to them. It's kind of like having like a controlling boyfriend or something like they demand you pay all the attention to them, even if you're talking to your grandma or you're making pies with your kids, like your phone. Oh my gosh, my phone. It needs me. I have to go now. Um, So even if you are reading on it, you're still interrupted in that, Um, which we'll get to some stuff. Like, it's not bad to have a reading app on your phone. You just got to turn off all those notifications. Um, We love new things. Um, New things, that leads to constant change, which actually equals more interruption. So because they know that we love new things, they're constantly changing stuff. And when they change things, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So you have to stop what you're doing and learn the new system and that is another interruption um we love things that work um there's this fascination with pushing a button and getting some kind of reaction we love inconsistency remember about the rat that'll sit there and push the button all day because he's not getting a prize every time if we got that dopamine hit every time we would actually get tired of it um my daughter she has been sans phone for quite a while um after doing some really stupid things. And she posted a picture of herself the other day. She has no social interaction right now because of all this coronavirus stuff, which is going on while I'm recording this. Um, and she posted a photo of herself and she was sitting there going, nobody's liking my picture. Nobody's liking my picture. Why isn't anybody liking my picture? I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and this, that's also going to hit in a few more points down here. Um, it's unpredictable. The, re- the rewards are more rewarding and keep you compelled to keep checking. So um, when rewards are unpredictable, it keeps you compelled to keep checking. We hate anxiety. And designers make sure to deliberately trigger this with FOMO, which is fear of missing out. So we hate anxiety. We think we're going to miss out on something. The designers know this, so they make sure, like, oh my gosh, I didn't tell you guys this. I don't know if I told you guys this. So when I first went through this book and was off of all of my stuff for over a month, Facebook started mass emailing me every single thing my friends were doing. They were sending me like five and six emails a day. So-and-so posted a picture. So-and-so shared this video. So-and-so, connect back with your friends. Like, it was bugging me every single day to get back on. Um, that's, if you get to that level where Facebook is bothering you with emails, you know that you're doing really well. <laughs> we crave popularity, likes and followers provide it, but it's not real life. It's superficial. Um, it, this part of it, it gets into profiles showing, you know, the specially crafted fake life. And so even though you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm having meaningful connections with family and friends for the most part, it's fake. They're only showing you this one side. Like I catch myself so many times. I'm not going to post that video because I I don't have makeup on, you know, there's this one, like I went back and forth about this because I did not kick my dog, but my dog jumped up on my foot and she scratched me. I was taking a really cute video of her and, but she jumped up. I was like on the bed. So my foot was higher. She jumped on my foot and she scratched me. So I like, I just like, Like if somebody was shooing their hair out of their way and they just like do their head real quick. I just did that with my foot real quick. But like I posted it and I was like, I should take this down because I like, it looks like I'm kicking her, which I wasn't kicking her. She didn't make a sound. She's a tiny, teeny, tiny dog. I mean, she would have gone flying if I had any power behind it, but I just went back and forth about, is somebody going to think that I'm kicking my dog? Anyway, um, this past week though, I did post a picture of myself where I looked horrible. It was my daughter's birthday party, and I was like, I never have any pictures of myself because I'm always the one taking the pictures. Um, And somebody posted a thing like, if you have a picture of us together, post it in the comments because I want to see. And I did have a picture of her from high school, but I'm not in the picture because you didn't do that. You know, if you have those old cameras, you couldn't see what you're taking a picture of. So you took pictures of people, but you weren't in the pictures unless somebody else was taking it. Um, And then here's the other thing that that goes along with my daughter and her um, picture thing. We love, oh wait, no, that's not it actually. It was the popularity thing. That's what I was, okay, sorry. Also, we love personalization from your lock screen to online shopping. Um, In this pro tip right here, when it comes to sorting apps later, you will find that practical useful apps give you less control of personalization. Junk apps give more personalization to hook you. Your cover photo, your profile picture, where are you from, your info about you, your bio, your website, your this, you're that, like you have, although Facebook took a lot of customization away and some people didn't like that, but they do allow enough to make it, you know? Okay. Um, and then this didn't really fit the kind of the stuff they were saying, but they talked about social media. I think it kind of went on a little bit more about this. Um, so social media, you're getting something valuable for nothing. That's what most people think. Wow have all this connection, I don't have to pay for it. When those things start going about around about having to pay for Facebook, people are like, no. Um, and you can sub in whatever app you use. I just use Facebook because it's the one I use the most. Um, something valuable for nothing? Nope. You are the livestock. You are the product. The advertisers pay money for your data. You know how Facebook has super-duper targeted ads? Like, have you ever gotten on there... And you have something that's like, oh, here's all the things for Sagittarius. Here's all the things for people that are 40 years old. People born in December. People that are moms. Like, it's so personalized. Facebook is taking everything they know about you. And then when they go to do an advertisement, they can choose. I want females this age, with kids, without kids, born in this month, whatever. Even my car. Like, when my old car that I hated to get rid of. I got an ad for a tank top which I bought that had to do with my car because I was that big of a car person with with that car um anyway but social media um detaches you from reality um a lot of times it takes away empathy um which means you're talking to a screen so when you get into these wars with people even in like comment sections of a newspaper or whatever um it's like you're not actually talking to a human because you're just typing it on a computer. You don't see their face. Um, and this is in the, the stuff that I... Because, you know, I teach kids about this, which is so hilarious. Um, with the... What I teach them, we get to the part about cyberbullying, um, is the reason you don't have as many bullies in real life is because if you have to come up to me and say to my face the things that you would post about online without a second thought... If you have to say that to my face, you also have to look at my reaction. You have to see me get upset, maybe see me cry, and that upsets you. We have this gut reaction where that upsets a normal person to see somebody upset to know that their comments or what they did hurt somebody. They don't like that. you don't like that. you don't like to hurt people. most normal people don't like to hurt people. so um, when you don't have to look at the face when you don't have to see the reaction when you could just post any nasty thing you want. That's when your empathy is gone and social media can take that from some people. Um, all right. <clears throat> so I don't, is the next chapter called the escape? Yeah. First up, all right. So it's going to start talking a little bit about escape, escaping the trap. So here's the key to escape. Being aware of the design tricks that I just mentioned in traps will help you take control of your use. And that is the key. To see the tricks, to know the traps, that's going to help you. I was very narrow-minded the first time I went through the book and I didn't pay attention to all of the traps, to all of the tricks, and it happened to me again. So going through this now, I'm being very mindful of whatever I missed and I'm really pointing that out. So um, your goal in all of this, is to get to the point where you use your phone or device when and because you want to, not because they want you to. So if it helps you to make this a thing like us against them or them, you know, like this battle thing going on, cool. But we want to get you to a point where you use your technology when and because you want to and not because they have designed it and you're falling for their traps and their tricks. Um, Here's another piece of good news. Like, there's certain things through here that I just feel like it made me feel so much better. It took, and I think that's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about it now. All right, so you are not hooked because you are weak willed. You are a victim of a concerted campaign to hook you. So, think about back in the day, you know, there's been different things like when the government did experiments on people, um, gave people uh, or I don't know if they gave people the disease or if they just didn't treat it. They knew how to treat it and they just wanted to see the course of the disease. I don't remember who it was. I know it was like African-American people they did it to, but I don't remember. Um, I think it was syphilis was the disease and they wanted to see like, they wanted to track the disease stages. So they, instead of treating these people, which they had the drugs to treat them and heal them, they let them. Like lose their minds and go crazy and die because they wanted to see um, the stages. Um, there's been other things like that where um, they didn't know what they didn't realize. They even, I mean, there's so many laws against this now. Like, I had to be um, city certified, which everybody who does any kind of research on people, you have to be city certified now. And some of this crazy crap that people used to do to other human beings is the reason why. Um, but in this case, it's not being seen in the same light, although Facebook did get in trouble not too long ago, um, I think in the UK because of something they were doing with people's information, they were being um, they were doing an experiment about what they showed people and but the people were not aware you cannot put people in research without them knowing that they're being part of it. And that's kind of what these designers are doing. Um, they're using your data just like we would use data in a human research study, but they're not getting your permission. They're not telling you the potential risks and benefits. All of that is required if it's considered to be true research. So they're not really considering it true research, but they're still doing these things to you. Um, But you aren't hooked because you're weak-willed. You're a victim of a concerted campaign to hook you. Um, Don't feel doom with this knowledge. You should get super excited right now because you're about to learn another rule and you're about to free yourself like Neo in the Matrix. But without all the like crazy machine-eating robot things, um, that's not going to happen. So get super excited because you're about to get all of this taken care of. And um, yeah, the next chapter is actually going to go into um, more about all that stuff. So it's, I don't know, we'll get there. Okay, so here's the fifth instruction. Excuse me. And this may be a little bit tougher to do um, right now because I remember the first time I went through the book, it was difficult for me to do. Hopefully this next chapter will help you get into this state. But the fifth instruction is begin with a feeling of elation. Get excited because you're about to deal with this problem once and for all. And it is going to work and it's going to be easy, I promise you. I learned about this book from somebody who used another easy way book to stop drinking. And they said it was just like magic. They just stopped. And they didn't want another drink. So that is the end of Chapter 4. And Chapter 5 is First Steps to Freedom. And um, that will be the next episode.